Hey, welcome back to the Father's House. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Pastor John. Thanks for joining us on Big Game Sunday. I know, don't turn it off just because I'm wearing a Seahawks jersey and maybe you might not be a fan. Hey, my guys didn't make it to the Super Bowl either, but here's the good news. No matter what jersey you're wearing right now, we're all on Team Jesus, right? So that that's the good news here. And speaking of Jesus, today we're going to be launching our brand new series, Jesus Every Day. So your mission statement at the Father's House is really, really simple. Connecting the reality of Christ to every person in our everyday life. And this is what we're going to be looking at over the next couple of weeks. And I can't wait to jump into this study with you. But before we get there, I just want to introduce the three ways we gather at the Father's House. If this is your first time with us, thanks so much for spending time with us online, in person, in a house church, no matter what the weather, this is how we gather. And we're just glad that you're spending some time with us. I also want to thank those of you who call the Father's House, your home church, for giving. Uh, your giving, whether it's through mailing or our app or push pay, however it is that you're giving, it helps us to not only keep the lights on, but get the light out that God is moving. He's alive and well, and we couldn't do without this partnership with each and every one of you. And speaking of partnership, we really want to be able to connect with you. And again, if this is your first time or you would like to be able to know what some upcoming events are happening in 2021 at the Father's House, all you got to do is text CONNECT to 760-334-5533. And that's going to help us to make sure you know everything that's coming up on the calendar in the future. Now, before we jump into the message today, we have a... a real great gift from Soul Church. You heard from Pastor Mark last week, and we're going to get to enjoy a little bit of worship from their team again. So let's just take some time, just raise our hands, give to the Lord everything that we've been thinking about, worship to Him, and then we'll jump right back into the message. The family with me, and we are ready to worship. I hope you are too. We're going to lift our voice and sing about God, our Redeemer. Let's sing it out if you know it. Search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures of fame. I never recall. Oh, yeah, you came along, put me back together. God of the mountain 
Wasn't that so good? I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need worship to cause me to stop and look up and be reminded at how big our God is. Because sometimes circumstances can get overwhelming. Sometimes we can get so focused on all the bad things that are going on that we forget God is doing some really good things. I mean, have you ever been blindsided before? Speaking of football, if you've ever played football or you've ever watched a game, you know that happens all the time. They're focused on one play and then it's the hit that you never see coming that hurts the most, right? You get blindsided and... and Listen, most of us, if we're honest, we've all been blindsided. Have you ever had a conversation with a friend where you thought that they had your back and then they end up stabbing you in the back? Have you ever had a situation where like over this last year because of our crazy economy, maybe you thought you had a job one day and you get blindsided by the fact that you've now lost your job? Or maybe you thought that your spouse was going to be with you to the end and then you got blindsided by the fact that they no longer loved you. These are all things that we feel, and then I think 2020 just as a whole could probably be described as a complete blindside none of us saw coming. A worldwide pandemic, all of the discord and division in our country, the political upheaval, none of us saw this coming. And if we're honest, you and I are probably looking to see Jesus every day, and it might be hard to do. Because we are still smarting or hurting or aching from the things that we got hit by last year. I've talked with a lot of people that aren't even wanting to make any plans for this year. Because they were blindsided. They were hurt. They still aren't even sure that this year is going to be better than last year. Let me tell you. Feeling 
fear. Living out of fear is the worst possible way to live. And Jesus wants to invite us to see what he's doing every single day of our lives. You know, the Israelites, they could understand that feeling of being blindsided because they absolutely were. They were taken from living in their land, in Jerusalem, with their holy temple, where they would worship with the land that their ancestors had given them. They were taken from that land to the foreign land of Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar as judgment from God. And even though God had warned them, if you keep sinning, this is what's going to happen, they were still blindsided by it. Many of them waking up dazed and confused in a foreign land, a pagan land, far from their place of worship, surrounded by foreign gods in the city of Babylon, which was at that time the most powerful city in all the world. They reigned over everything, influenced so much. And here the Israelites felt small, they felt insignificant, they felt like maybe God had abandoned them completely. Then enter Jeremiah the prophet. Isn't this exactly when we need a word from God to give us a little bit of perspective? Most of us are familiar with Jeremiah 29 11. It's one of my life verses. You know, behold the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're not for your harm, but for your welfare to give you a future and a hope. Why did they need that reminder from Jeremiah? Because they had lost hope. They didn't think they had a future. They thought maybe God was out for their harm because they were living in Babylon. And so they were listening to a whole bunch of false prophets that were telling them, listen, keep your bags packed. You're going to be going back to Israel any day now. Just hide away in your homes. Don't talk to anyone. At any moment, God's going to bring you home. Then Jeremiah had to come in and say, no, you're living blindsided. You're living out of fear instead of faith. God has called you to see what he is doing every single day. There's a different way to live. And today we're going to get to see what that looks like. We have the privilege today of hearing from our assistant pastor, Zach Bartolome. And he's going to be sharing some great stories from his days on the football field. But not just that. He's going to be showing us how we can follow Jesus in our everyday living from faith rather than fear. Let's go ahead. And listen to Zach. Well, thank you, Pastor John, for that introduction. Like he said, my name is Zach Bartolome. I have the privilege of being the assistant pastor here at the Father's House Church for the last couple months. And it's been incredible to be a part of this community for the time that I have been. You know, I got really excited when Pastor John asked me to share a little bit of my story uh, in the bigger picture of the story of what we're talking about here with Jesus every day. Uh, and in doing that, I took some time and I sat down in my room and I said, okay, let's jog my memory and think of a couple stories from when I used to play sports, used to play high school football. And I realized, man, that was a long time ago. I started thinking back and I started counting the years one, two, three, four, five, right? And I just got to, got to this place of realizing, man, I'm old. I am so old at 21. Uh, the, the funny part about that, was, as, as I'm thinking about how old I am at 21 years old, I'm sitting in my room in my parents' house because, yes, I still do live with my parents. No shame there. But uh, all that being said, I'm really excited to share a message with you guys this week uh, titled The Winning Team. I really believe that God has something specific and special for us uh, today as we go through this message. So if it's okay with you, we're going to dive right into it here in Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 7. It reads like this. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. I'm working on that right now. 
Then find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for peace and prosperity of the city of which I sent you in exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Uh, God, we ask you today to come and be with us uh, as we go through uh, what you are speaking to us in this message, Father. God, I really believe that today you have something specific and powerful for us to understand through your word. We love you in your name. Amen. Well, like I said, I'm I'm someone who loves to compete. Competition has been a big part of my life uh, as long as I can remember. Just yesterday, I was sitting at the dinner table, and I I don't know why, maybe I'm weird, I'm probably weird. Uh, sitting at our dinner table, we had some, some Chinese food, and my dad looked at me, and I, I was about halfway through my plate, and it had been about three minutes. And he goes, son, slow down. It's not a competition. And I said, okay, you're right. But in my head, I'm thinking, no, everything is a competition, uh, even how fast I can finish my Chinese food. So that just gives you a little bit window into who I am. I love to compete. Competition was a big part of my life all the way through school and even now. A big way that I competed was through high school sports. High school sports was what I lived for growing up. And my favorite thing to do in that was to compete with my best friends. And so this story I'm gonna go into kind of gives you a little bit picture of what that looked like to compete. I absolutely loved it because it it was in a place where I could spend years and years building up to something for one moment, one moment that was just absolutely fed me. And so to give you a little bit of an understanding, I would wake up at 5 a.m. every morning for four years. I'd go, me and my friends would lift, we'd gear up because we knew in the fall there was going to be that one moment where it would be all worth it. And so I did this for years and years and years. I got stronger. You can't see it anymore. Trust me. Okay. But I got stronger. I got faster. We got better as a team. Our chemistry was built. And it all really did come down to one moment. I remember this so specifically. It was five years ago. It was a game to get into the playoffs to go compete for a state championship. There's nothing better when you're 16 and thinking about a state championship. That is like the Super Bowl. And so we're getting ready. We're, we're, we're getting ready for this game, and, and the game comes. And so we're, we're playing, we're playing, we're playing. In a football game, if you don't know already, it's got four quarters. It splits up into four different sections. And for the first three sections of four in this game, our team played horribly. I don't know if you've seen, I'm repping the Seahawks a little bit. Kind of like the Seahawks. The first three quarters are horrible. The fourth quarter, we pick it up. But all I have to say is our team was playing horribly in the first three quarters. We were, we were dropping balls. We were, we were fumbling. We were just making mistakes left and right. But in the fourth quarter, we got a new spark of energy. We got, a, we got some momentum. Our chemistry started firing again. All that time that we had put in together, uh, building that chemistry, it, it, came, it came to fruition and it was incredible. And so what happened was, is we were down in the fourth quarter, but all of a sudden we had this resurgence, this wave, and we went up. We were up five points in the last two seconds of the game. And so we're at a place of thinking, oh man, we got this in the bag. All that hard work, it paid off. All that time we put into it, oh my goodness, we feel great. And so just to paint the picture a little bit for you, it was an absolutely beautiful night, right? The lights were on, the crowds were both full, everyone's cheering. It had been a culmination of four years of, oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here. This is what I live for. All right, and so just to give you a little bit of an understanding, the team that we we were playing, the bad guys, okay, they had the ball at the 50 yard line. And their goal, in order for them to win the game, they had to get the ball from here to here. That's all they had to do, and all we had to do was stop them from doing that. They had one chance to do it with two seconds left in the game, and that was it. And so when you're in this situation, as a team, playing defense like we were, you have a couple different options, two main options really. The first one is you can keep playing defense as you always have the entire game. You can stay aggressive, you can keep moving forward, you can try to take ground as a defense, in order to stop the offense from winning the game. 
And so that's option number one. Option number two is you can, when you hear it, you're going to know what I'm saying. You can go into prevent defense. And what that means is that you have something and you're going to try to not let them take it, basically. And so we, we had these couple of these options. The prevent defense would have meant that we will go back on our heels and we'll wait for them to come to us because we're okay with taking a little bit of a loss, right? As long as they don't get into the end zone, as long as they don't get all the way, we can take a little bit of a loss because we'll still win at the end of the day. And so we're waiting for our coach to give us the call. There had been a timeout call with two seconds left, the biggest moment of our lives. And we get to this moment, we get to this place, we get the call from our coach. He says, all right, guys, we're going to play prevent defense. We're going to win this game. And so at that point, you have to be all in. Say, okay, we're going to do it. And so ball snapped, pass is thrown, we make a mistake. They get past us while we're playing our prevent defense because we're on our heels, pulled back. We don't have the opportunity to attack. And they get in the end zone, and we lose the game. And me and my teammates were left there sitting on the ground in the end zone as this team that just won after we had all this momentum in this comeback, after this team that just won is running past us celebrating together, we're left there with four years of nothing in our hands thinking, well, what do we do now? Just absolute heartbreak, absolute, just, just the, the purest sadness you can feel at 16 years old. So we're left there with absolutely nothing in our hands after four years of work all taken away in an instant, in a moment. And you know, I really believe that this, this analogy goes for the community of believers and the church itself. I really believe that in an instant, everything was taken away from us. In a moment, we lost so many things that we used to hold dear. And church, I really believe today that Jeremiah 29, it wants to encourage us not to play prevent defense, to remind us we don't need to live life on our heels because we're a part of the winning team. God has called us to be a part of his winning team. And, and what that means is something pretty incredible. And I want to introduce that to you today as we go through this main idea. If there's one thing you understand from this today, it's that we have been chosen to play for the winning team. God's called us to be on his team, and we're not supposed to live life on our heels. We're not supposed to play prevent defense. Today, we have the opportunity to advance his kingdom. And here's a couple of ways we can do that. I really believe that we can quite literally take what the prophet says in Jeremiah 29 and apply it to our lives. He says, build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Like I said, I'm getting married in May, so hey, there's my contribution right there. And have children. I'm going to wait on that one. <laughs> then find spouses for your children and, and marry them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. And here's the most important part. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Community, I really believe that today we are being called to be that peace and prosperity, to be those people that are, that are thriving for that peace and prosperity for our city, for our community, wherever your city or community is at. I really believe that as a community of believers, we have an even bigger calling on our, on our lives to advance the kingdom of God, to not play prevent defense, but to move forward and march forward for his name. Because here's the coolest part. You know, like I said, we're on the winning team. We already know the game, the game is rigged. Usually that's not a great thing, but in our case, that's something absolutely incredible that we can look forward to. Now, hear me on this. What that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean it's going to be even simple. It's going to be, I hear that all the time. It's not complicated. It's just really hard. Let me tell you something. It may be complicated and it may be hard, but here's the cool part. We already know what the future holds. If you continue on in Jeremiah 29, Pastor John alluded to it earlier. In, in verse 11, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to grow you, plans for your future. Church, I really believe that today God has a plan for your future. God has something that he wants to enact in, in you, to activate in you so that you can see and understand the plan that he has. 
And it's so cool to be a part of this community like I've been able to jump into because we've been able to transition and and change what the the mission of our church is as we move forward. And it's it's really incredible that God has spoken this message to to us today because I really believe it is for us today. And uh, if you haven't heard already, our, our mission statement as a church is to connect the reality of Jesus to every person in our everyday life. And you might be saying, Zach, that sounds super basic. That sounds super simple. That's the point. Uh, our, our mission as a church family is to have Jesus every day. What does that mean? That means that Jesus is, is a part of our lives, a part of our community, a part of our reality every day. That means he's a part of our reality every day in our workplace where we plant our gardens, where we build our homes with our families. Jesus is a part of the reality of every day as we dream for our future, for those things, for, for those children, for those grandchildren, for those things that we are looking forward to. Let me, let me tell you this, that God wants to grow those dreams. He wants to plant them. And not only does he want to grow them and plant them, but let me tell you, he wants to give you the opportunity to act on them. So church today, I really want to encourage you and challenge you to start to dream big, to start to look for those areas in your life where you can be Jesus every day. I have had the most incredible opportunity to meet some of the people in our church that do this quite literally every single day. Uh, even, even to go into the fact that my parents have been able to join the organization called Adamo. I have never seen an organization, a work organization that's, that's secular in nature, but really lives out this idea of pursuing Jesus every day in the workplace. It is absolutely incredible. If you haven't checked them out, go to adamo.com. They're absolutely incredible. And let me tell you, it's, it's really possible to pursue Jesus every day in the workplace. But not only, not only is it possible to do it in the workplace, it's also important to do it. It starts at home in the family. And so Father's House Church, if you haven't heard already, we have a couple things. They're called house churches. They're absolutely incredible. It's one of those ways that we gather online in our house churches and in person. Right now, guess what? You're doing one of those. You're gathering online with us here. But I also encourage you to join a house church or even start one in your own community. This is one of those ways that we pursue Jesus every day in our community. And, and you know, as we keep looking into this idea of pursuing Jesus every day and connecting the reality of Jesus in our community, uh, I really believe that uh, there's some stuff to think about. There's some stuff to ponder. There's some things because our reality is different. My reality at 21 is a whole lot different than your reality wherever you are sitting at home. And Father's House Church, I really believe that uh, God, God has a challenge for us today. And so in order to, to think about that and to process that and to really be able to act on that, uh, I would pose this question to you. So church, as we close today, we're going to dive into our community builder discussion question. And it reads like this. It says, how can we be Jesus every day where we wake, work, and worship? And as we go through this, I really believe that we're going to be challenged to look at how we can be a part of the winning team how we can take our place on this team to advance the kingdom because we are not called to live life on our heels. We are not called to play prevent defense. But let me tell you that we have been chosen and called to be a part of this winning team because there is a plan for our future. Even though we may not see it right now, this has been the most shaky time in history, especially for the church. This has been a time of, we have, I don't even know what's happening tomorrow to be completely honest with you. It's incredibly hard to dream when you don't know what's ahead of you. But church, let me tell you this, that you don't have to, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid because God has decided to choose us to be a part of his winning team. And so church today, as we go through that, I really believe that there's going to be some dreams ignited, some passions that have died that maybe relit some of those flames. I really believe that God today wants to speak something to you and then do something through you, church. So as we close today, I really want to invite us uh, to dream, to, to really believe for big things, and then also to, to be Jesus every day where we wake, work, and worship. And church, I don't. this isn't something for us to do alone. 
So if you want someone to come alongside you to believe for those things, please join us. The way you can do that is to text PRAYER to 760-334-5533. Text that number with your dreams. Text that number with some, some hopes. Text that number with some celebration of those, those things that you're hoping for because we want to come alongside you and partner with you today. I'm going to close this out in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the, the dreams and the visions that you are going to plant in through us, Father God. We believe that as we pursue to be Jesus every day, Father God, that you're going to bless our hands and our feet as we move forward to do that, God. Thank you for calling us onto your winning team. Thank you for reminding us that we don't have to play life on our heels, God. Thank you for giving us this day in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us here online. We can't wait to see you next week.